And this morning, it is my honor and privilege to introduce Pastor Nate Brock. Uh, Pastor Nate is a pastor, an educator, a husband, a father, and he's a friend to so many in this congregation. And one of my privileges is to be in a Bible study with Nate on Friday mornings, and he is one of those individuals that can see scripture, can take scripture, and it just not stay up here, but it gets down here and it gets into his hands and his feet. He lives what he believes. And Nate, we look forward to what you have to share with us this morning. Welcome to our program. Thank you, my friend. There we go. Can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah, so we're just grateful to be here today, thankful to God thankful to Stuart for the opportunity, um, for you, the Westminster family. Thank you to my wife and to my friends and family members from Jehovah and around the Sumter community for joining us today. It is a real privilege to be here. As I was preparing and my introduction, uh, David, thank you for that fine introduction. That's very kind of you. I think I might be a member of Westminster. <laughs> I think I might be. If nothing else, I'm an honorary member. Uh, I, uh, I'm involved in several things here. I didn't realize how many, um, but I, I really appreciate the fellowship and the friendship of uh, the brothers and the sisters here. Um, Pat, where are you? I saw Pat earlier. Oh, there she is. Pat and Linda and Debbie uh, allowed me to join them and Paul in their prayer group on Tuesday and Thursday mornings. Um, that's been a real privilege and I appreciate the faithfulness. Uh, as Joel, as uh, David shared, I, I, um, the Bible study on, on Friday mornings at 6 a.m., y'all, I want y'all to know that. So I don't always make it and I don't make it on time, but I do come, okay? Uh, that's for only the pure in heart. It's not for everybody. Six o'clock on Friday morning is not for everybody, is that right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, just grateful. And we've had a really, really good time in our book study on Thursdays. And, and of course, Paul and I um, developed a friendship after the, during and after the 2019 Christmas dinner that Westminster and Jehovah did together. Um, uh, and so that's been ongoing. I appreciate his friendship and fellowship. And, um, and of course, Gifford is the person that texts me on wild adventures, either in person or in his mind, because he's always got an adventure on his heart. Somebody ought to say amen. <laughs> I appreciate his uh, love for God and for people. And then I have a special, uh, Joel Chandler has a very special place in my heart. Joel, are you here? Yeah, yeah, Joel has a very special place in my heart. Um, because he and the, the, the ramp team, as I call them, uh, have been very uh, helpful with, to us at Jehovah and to some of the people in the Sumter community and helping us to get some ramps built for some people who wouldn't otherwise get one. In fact, there's one on the drawing board for Tuesday of this coming week. And so, again, really, really appreciative of that. And just, a, again, just the kindness and the generosity of so many people here. Um, I think that this is what church needs to look like. I think that we need to make sure that we are interacting with others, not as white Christians or black Christians, but as Christians. 
you're my brother, you're my sister. And I think that that makes a, a huge difference. Um, we live in a challenging day. Um, uh, uh, so many things are going on in our society, in our world. And uh, it is a church that is the difference maker. Um, well, I guess I need to say this. I'm not sure I want to say it, but I'll go ahead and say it anyhow. I do know Bunny Russell. I want you all to know that as well. Okay? <laughs> oh, I've known Bunny for a long time. <laughs> He's a sweet, kind, and very, very generous person and uh, other things, but I won't use the other adjectives, but we thank God for her. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, today, I, I simply want to talk to you from the subject, the incredible love of God, the incredible love of God. Um, love is one of the most used words in our society, in our everyday life, and it has been for eons. Um, someone might ask the question, is she in love or, um, or did he really love his family? We, we use the word over and over again. Um, uh, yeah, uh, I, I would not be bothered if I didn't love you, some might say. The movies are filled with so many great love stories and love titles to serve with love. Um, for the love of Benji, old, old one, uh, love actually. And of course, uh, great literature, William Shakespeare, uh, Romeo and Juliet stands out as an example of great love. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what light from yonder window breaks? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Romeo is kind of crazy, 13 years old probably. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It is something that Juliet is the sun. What's that line right there? Is the moon and Juliet is the sun? Some of that nature. Uh, something, something poetic when boys are in love, young men are in love. Uh, and then the great sonnet, um, how do I love thee? Let me. Come on, y'all. Let me count the ways. I, I love thee to the depth and breadth and height my soul can reach. That's a man in love right there. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But can I tell you that there is no love like God's love. It is truly an incredible love. It really is. Let, let's read the text um, for today. In the NIV version, it says that just as Moses lifted up John 3, the, the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. Through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name 
of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people, men, women, boys and girls, loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that they have done, what they have done has been done in the sight of God. The incredible love of God. The, 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 the Webster says that uh, incredible is something um, that isn't impossible to believe, difficult to believe, extraordinary. I don't know if you've lived long enough yet to know that the word of God, the love of God, the care of God is extraordinary. Sometimes we ask ourselves the question, can God really love me? Yeah, I want you to know today, not only can he love you, but he does love you. Uh, I love the song that we just sung. Um, he's a good, good father. Yeah, he's a, he's a good, good father. As Joel mentioned in his prayer, um, uh, God or Jesus speaks the word love over 200 times in the New Testament, but the word love appears uh, in the ESV and NIV versions over 680 times, and the NLT has it over 700 times in, in, the, in various ways uh, in the scripture. So love, love is very, very important. The reality is we all want to be loved. We all want to be loved. Oftentimes we receive love differently. Uh, many of us have been introduced to the five love languages, and so, you know, we know that, that different people like different things. Some people are, their primary love language is receiving gifts. Some, of it, some it might be time. For others, it might be acts of service, uh, and, the, and the list goes on. Um, regardless of what your primary love language is, we all want to be loved. Uh, uh, I was talking to to Mark Yoder recently, and Mark Yoder was, was telling me that when he was in 10th grade, he had the opportunity to be a part of a team that taught 7th grade uh, students in Sunday school. And he said, Nate, I don't know, I, some days I don't, I don't remember what I actually taught them, or if I taught them anything significant. He said, but you know, I learned that it really wasn't my content that attracted them to the Sunday school class. It was that I cared about them. And I, and I dare say to you and to me, I don't care what we do in ministry, if we don't demonstrate love toward people, then it really is not going to matter what the dollar figure is nor the time amount that's on the, on, on the stamp there. The first thing I want to lift up to you today is this, is that the love of God from verse 14 and 15, the love of God is from of old. I want you to know that God is not a new lover. God loved us before we loved him. And that's good news. That's good news because sometimes we base God's, we, we try to base God's love on how well we've done. You know, we, we say that, we say that, but, uh, you know, uh, when I do well, God loves me. Uh, God gonna, God's going to bless me. When I don't do well, God 
it's not pleasing me. God is not going to bless me. Well, God chose to love me before I was. Yeah, yeah. And, and so that's important. That's important because uh, uh, David talks about the fact that, that, that God knew him. God knitted him together in his mother's womb. So I need to say to somebody here today who has some broken emotions, has some broken relationships, who have been said, some horrible things have been said to you, that you need to know that if no one else loves you, God loves you. And we be communicating that to people all the time. John says in 1 John 4, 8, whoever does not love does not know God because God is Love. God is love, and that's important. We need to know who God is. He is love. Yeah. Now, some of you might say, well, well Pastor Brock or, or, or Nate, you don't know what I've done. And I would, I, would throw, I, would, I would throw the ball right back to you and say, you don't know what I've done. But I want you to know that I'm fully convinced that God loves me just as I am. Nothing changed. Even before I lose five more pounds, God still loves me. We qualify love so much in our relationships. But God loves us just as we are. In the Old Testament book of Genesis, which is one of the first, for me, one of the first examples of, that demonstrated God's love in a specific situation was in Genesis 3, verse 21, it says that the Lord made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them and covered them. You know that after Adam and Eve had committed the sin, they, uh, uh, after they had disobeyed God and done what they wanted to do, one of the things they decided to do was to sew together some fig leaves. Because you know that one of our primary things when we've sinned, one of our primary objectives when we've sinned is to cover our sins. But we really can't do it well. It may be hidden from the eyes of men, but it is open to the eyes of God. And, and, and what God does is God says, let me show you how this really needs to be done. He made coverings for them. God, God loved them in spite of their sins. And I, I, that's good news this morning, my brothers and sisters. That God loves us in spite of our sins. Now, does God approve of our sins? No. But he still loves us. Because his love is an incredible love. Yes, his love is an incredible love. Number two, the, Lord, uh, the love of God extends to everyone. And this is one of my, this is one of my, I just love this. The love of God extends to everyone. If you grew up in a very loving and caring and uh, a very loving and caring family, this may not be as big to you as it might be to somebody else. If you grew up in a family where love was always based on something, how well you did, how often you whatever, then this one might, might mean more to you. Um, because you, there are a lot, I used to be a teacher, a public school teacher, and one of the things I learned is there, there are some kids who never heard anyone say, I love you. Yeah. And there are some adults who've never had anyone to say to them, I love you. I'm so glad that, that, that in the modern generation that brothers in Christ, not sisters, brothers in Christ, the sisters have been saying it all the time, but brothers now are not ashamed to say, I love you. Yeah. 
out. Uh, Pastor Newton said it this way when a man said that, because at Jehovah, before the pandemic, we used to hug each other all the time. And a man said to Pastor Newton one time, he said, I don't hug men. He said, because I'm not funny. Funny is another word for gay or, yeah. And Pastor Newton said to him, if you weren't funny before you hugged him, you ain't going to be funny after you hug him. We have to love people. But God extends his love to, to everyone. John 3, 16, the, 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 the crown jewel of Scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I'm so glad today. Uh, I've had an opportunity to travel a few places around the world, and I'm so glad to know that the love of God travels to the ends of the earth. His love is not limited to location, ethnicity, economics, pers or personal achievement. It's, it's not limited to that. His love, agape, agapo, his love is an unconditional love. Yeah, his love is an unconditional love. You know, conditional love says I love you if you meet these three criteria. But unconditional love said, I, I loved you before you came into the room. Um, the kind of love that God extends to us. How many of you are Chosen fans? The, the, the program Chosen. I know that it's not all biblical and whatever else, you know. But I like the Chosen. Yeah, I like the chosen. And one of my favorite episodes is the episode with Nathaniel in it, when Jesus meets Nathaniel. And of course, John chapter two, or John chapter one, he sees Nathaniel, he speaks to him and he says, Here's an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile, in no deceit. And 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 Nathaniel says to him, Well, how do you know me? Because Nathaniel is really kind of, you know, Jesus, Nazareth, um, yeah. And Nathaniel says, how do you know me? Jesus said, I saw you when you were under the fig tree. Now, I don't really know what your fig tree experience looks like. It could have been your lowest moment. It could be a thing that you never want repeated or remembered about you. It might be a very, very disappointing time in your life. And as, as Jesus said to Nathaniel, I saw you. I want to say to you today, Jesus is saying to you and to me, I love you. I love you. Does he love everything that I do? No. Does he love everything that you do? No. But his love extends to all of us. Now, so, so if we were going to line up this morning to determine who, should, uh, who, who can make it in based on their own merit, and now what we will do is we will have those who have the greatest sins to come first. I might be able to call one brother name or maybe two, maybe a sister or two. But the reality is, if we started with the person who has committed the worst sin in here, 
that person is condemned. And then we got all the way back to the end. And we got someone who stole a cookie out of a cookie jar. They're all in the same boat. All need redemption. None can redeem themselves. And so the love of God extends from the beginning of the line to the end of the line. So that I'm not accepted today because of who I am or what I've done. I'm accepted because of what he has done. For God so loved the world. Love is something very, very powerful. It is very, very powerful. It's amazing to me how we communicate love. It's more than just saying the words, I love you. You know, when a father shows up at a son's basketball game, that's love. When a mother shows up at a recital after she's worked all day, love. To sit up with a sick child all night, love. But God's love is more incredible than all that. Not only a parent who sits up with a child who's sick will fall asleep with a child in their arm. Am I right about it? Yeah. But God will stay awake with you all night long and change the situation. I'm not talking about anything that's, you know, a few butterflies in my stomach. I'm talking about something that's real. I don't know if you've ever been in a place where you didn't really know what to do and, and, and you, you were contemplating and you were praying and, and you might have even said the words of the hymn, Guide me, old our great Jehovah. Pilgrim through this barren land. I'm weak, but you are mighty. Hold me with your powerful hands. And, and, and find God to give you peace in the midst of your situation. Or you've been in a situation where you've had something that you couldn't handle yourself. Difficult. Whether it's business, whether it's family, whether it's church. And God showed up. Yeah, that's, that's, that's part of the incredible love of God. I believe that one of the things that we will experience throughout all eternity is unfolding, as some would say, unpacking what it means. That Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Yeah. So, so I don't know where you are today, but I want you to know that God loves you. And his love extends to everyone. We, um, in, our, in our Bible lesson this week at Jehovah, one of the questions that comes up is, um, so what do you do? When you've been working with someone for a long time and they've been struggling and they can't seem to get over what they're going through. What do you do? Well, some of us give up. Because the reality is sometimes we get tired, don't we? Sometimes we, we're angry with them. We said, we, three years ago we were in the same place. Look at you, back here again. Sometimes we argue with them and we might even cuss at them because of the frustration and the aggravation. 
But what does God do? What if God said to you and to me, if you struggle with this one more time, that's it. No. The love of God keeps on holding me, keeps on helping me, keeps on encouraging me, keeps on lifting me in spite of me. Let me hasten on. God's love is a purposeful love. God's love is a purposeful love. God's love, God's love reaches to, God's, God's purpose is to bring us into relationship with himself. I want to illustrate this from two passages, and actually they both come from the book of John. God's love is a purposeful love. His desire is to bring us into relationship um, with him. Verse 17 says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. That was not his desire. His plan was not, he didn't come because he could have just done it in one swoop. All of y'all are condemned. He did not send the son to condemn the world, but to save the world. So the love of God, his ultimate goal is to bring us into relationship, which is salvation, with God the Father. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. So, in chapter 3 of the book of John, or early in this chapter, we meet the man Nicodemus. Now, Nicodemus is a very religious man. Nicodemus wears all the ecclesiastical garb. Nicodemus has the scripture on his forehead, in his hands, in his pockets. Nicodemus knows the law in and out, and yet Nicodemus is lost. Do you know you can do all the things, all the religious things correctly and still be lost? Jesus tells Nicodemus, you must be born again. You got to have new life, Nicodemus. In the fourth chapter, which comes after this, we have um, the woman at the well. Now, it's interesting. If you put these two people in church this morning, you put the woman at the well and Nicodemus side by side, we would immediately, because we are, we're church folk, we're Christians, we, we, we love the Lord, whatever, we would immediately uh, admit, uh, 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 conclude that Nicodemus is okay and this woman needs the Lord. And the reality is they both need the Lord. Is there anybody here today? I know I'm not at Jehovah. I'm not even at a Baptist church this morning. But is there anybody here today that believes that you're glad that God does not look at the outward appearance but looks at the heart? Because man only sees what's on the outside. You might see what's broken and wrong with me, but God sees something different when he looks at me. And he sees something different when he looks at you. Thank you, Lord. Incredible love. Incredible love. Some of you ladies in here, when you were dating, the guy you were dating told you that he was an incredible lover. 
Yes. And you have decided that he is a, he is a decrepit lover. Is that, <laughs> that was wrong of me. Forgive me. That's not even my message. <laughs> my point is this. Men often promise women when they're dating how much they're going to give to them, the moon and everything else, and then once they marry them. Yeah. Uh-oh, uh, let me move on. I move on. <laughs> let me move on. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. But God. But God, I, I, I'm, I'm about finished. I'm, I'm about finished. The love of God gives us choices. The scripture says that in, in uh, verses 19 and 20 that this is the verdict. This is the conclusion. This is the testimony that light has come into the world, but people love darkness rather than light. People love darkness rather than light. People love darkness rather than light. But the love of God does give us a choice. Someone asked in one of our small group classes, why did God give man free will? <laughs> Somehow God knows some things about human relationships and love that we don't know. And he does this thing quite well. God gives us choices. We can choose light or darkness. Everyone who does uh, evil hates the light. And will not come to the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. Light and darkness. What, what, what's your choice? Or, or are you, when you look at the love of God and God's love for you, his invitation to you, his choices, have you chosen light? It's amazing to me sometimes not only do we lie to people and lie for people, we lie on people. We're choosing darkness. As the people of God, we don't do the right thing just to say that we are the people of God, but we do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. That, that, that's important. Yeah, we should be doing the right thing. Many of you are parents, grandparents. You know that some, one of the most difficult things sometimes is to give your children choices. Please don't dare say, where do y'all want to go to lunch after we leave here today? Because you possibly won't get as many answers as you have individuals with you today. Unless you're willing to, walk, to turn all over town to get food. But God does give us choices. Choose. Joshua says, choose you to say who you will serve. Whether you're going to serve the Lord or whether you're going to serve the gods of the nations. It's a choice. And you and I are making choices every day. In our relationships, in our workplace, in our churches, in our communities, we are making choices. And that's part of God's love for us, is that he doesn't make us do what we don't want to do. Well, maybe every once in a while. Uh, but typically, he gives us the choice to do it because he loves us. Yeah. Finally, the love of God calls us to a decision. God's love calls, calls us to a decision. Everyone, the scripture says, who does evil 
Oh, no, but, what, but whoever lives by truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what has been done has been done in the sight of God. Um, great question, are you living according to the light or according to truth? Is your life characterized by truth? The, the, the challenge still is, what are you going to do with what's before you? It really is. The love of God has already been demonstrated. We, as we head into Ward, Good Friday, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, Easter Sunday, we're looking at the fact that God has already demonstrated his love for us. Question someone says, what more could he do than what he has done? And I want you to know that there is nothing else he can do. But the choice is out. He's calling us to a decision. Uh, uh, what will you do with this incredible love that is offered by an incredible God? The hymnologist said, the love of God is for than the love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star. It reaches to the lowest hell. The wandering child is reconciled by God's beloved son. The aching soul again made whole and priceless pardon won. O oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong, it shall forever endure the saints and angels' song. Shall we pray together? Father, thank you for your incredible love. Thank you, God, for loving each one of us perfectly, completely. What, what, what a healing word, Lord, to know that we are loved by the God of the universe. And Father, now that we have been loved by an incredible God, we have the opportunity to love in some incredible ways. Help us, Lord, to take advantage of the opportunities that you have put before us and will put before us today and in the days to come now. In the name of Jesus, amen.